Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 139 with the incredible young leader, Kyle Lopes. This audience already knows Kyle as the first college student to reach $1 million in personal sales and get inducted into the Cutco Vector Hall of Fame. Later, after his graduation from Columbia University, Kyle became a branch manager and finished the summer of 2020 number one in the company out of over 300 branches annihilating the previous record for first-time branch managers with over $600,000 in summer sales. Now, as a district manager in the Marin County, San Francisco market, Kyle's team is currently number one in the nation among all district offices for 2021 and has already set five monthly records in just 12 months operating. In this short snippet, Kyle shares his proven strategies for rapidly building organizational culture and scaling up a new business. You'll hear about how to promote your vision, communicate expectations, and make others feel recognized, as well as the incredible power of one individual to lead through personal example. One of Cutco Vector's past branch manager champions, Colton Horn, is now applying these same skills to build his business at BrainFuel. BrainFuel is a new cerebral beverage scientifically derived from coffees, teas, collagens, and antioxidants. It prolongs mental focus, sharpens alertness and decision-making, and protects your brain from burnout. We'd love to see this audience support one of our own by trying out this product. Brain Fuel is spelled uniquely because it is unique. It's B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L. Go to brainfuel.com to check it out, and if you use the code C-L-S-K when you check out, you'll get 35% off your first order. You can see all our sponsors at changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Enjoy this flashback segment from Kyle Lopes, and be sure to revisit the full episode, number 139. Kyle, I'm interested in hearing from you about you and just, you know, what qualities do you feel you brought as a leader uh, that led to such success in this organization? There are a lot of different traits that I bring to the table and ways that I can help our organization. But the one thing that I feel like I did really, really well and, and that I try to do really well every day is just care. There exists in society, there exists in business, something that I call a, a purpose gap. And uh, McKinsey did a study on this earlier this summer. And what they found was 72% of employees say that their purpose should have more weight than profits. But only 42% of employees say that their company's purpose has impact. And so there's a 30% delta there. And that 30% delta is what I call the purpose gap. There's 
not alignment within companies between the fact that they need to have more purpose in society and they're not achieving it. They're not doing it. They're not doing anything that's impactful. And so the only way to really bridge that purpose gap is to embed as a leader, your reflection, your exploration, have discussion, and then also take action. And that needs to all be integral to the team. It needs to be at the heart of the business and the organization. And so for me, with that understanding, it was like the first thing I needed to do as a leader is I wanted to get real with people. I wanted to get real. I wanted to be raw with my people and let them know that I cared, that I wanted to create a baseline for them, for their perspective, for their expectations of me as a leader of the organization. And I wanted them to know that they could hold me to the highest standard, that it was not going to be a one-way street. I wanted them to know. I told all of my people from the first weekend that they were supported, that they were here. And I was here right along with them every step of the way. And I told them on their first appointments after training when they were feeling nervous and they were anxious and they just wanted to get off that training because it was so long sitting there staring at Zoom for two days. But hey, you're probably really apprehensive right now heading into your first presentations with customers, even though they're people that you know. And I want to let you know that on your first appointment, you're going to crash and burn. It's going to be a total train wreck. And I am right here with you. And when you call me to clock in, when you call me for help, the first thing I'm going to say, Emily, the first thing I'm going to say, Therese, is, hey, did you totally botch it? And you're going to be like, yeah, I totally botched it. I'll be like, awesome. So did I. Great job. Because by default, your second appointment is going to be that much better. Your third appointment is going to be that much better than that. And so on and so forth. And just like riding a bike without training wheels, you might fall down a couple times. You might skin your knees. And you didn't give up then as a little kid. So I'm not going to let you give up now. But I'm also not going to let you skin your knees. I'm going to be right there with you, even when the training wheels are off, to help guide you, to stand there and hold the handlebars with you until you feel comfortable riding on your own. And so I encouraged my people and I gave them permission from the outset, from the get-go, to pester me. I told them, if you don't feel like you're calling me so much that you're pestering me, you're doing the job wrong. And so there were many instances where I was on the phone, where I was on Zoom with people at 1, 2, 3 a.m. at night, where I'd talk to them six times on a single presentation. And as a result of that, my people felt supported because they knew that I cared. I think also connected with the purpose gap was recognizing the superpower that I have as as a leader, uh, that I have as far as painting vision and inspiring people and stepping into that superpower of mine, and then keeping our purpose top of mind and consistently measuring our success, measuring what I could as far as our statistics go, and then trying to learn from that, trying to improve every day, trying to improve every week, both as an individual and as an organization, so that way we could reach our highest potential. And then I would say the last thing was just an an insatiable desire to be my best every day. And there were a lot of days that I woke up that I was sick. There were a lot of days that I woke up where I didn't feel well. There was a lot of days where I woke up and I just like didn't want to be there. I didn't want to give it my all. It's like, can I just take a break? But my people, they counted on me. And I had told them from the get-go that they could count on me. And so it would be out of integrity to say, hey, you know, I promised to be here for you but I can't. And so I, uh, I really took that to heart. And when I made that promise, it helped hold me accountable too. And so when I promised people that I was going to care for them, it made me really, really care more than maybe I might have had I not made that promise initially. And so I feel like just that insatiable work ethic, that desire to honor my word was really valuable. And it helped set the tone for how they needed to conduct themselves as well.
Kyle, you put yourself on the line with your people, which I think is a really, it's a daunting and challenging thing to do. And it's also very important to do. There's a concept we call speak into reality, right? And when you say something is going to happen or you say you're going to take an action, that puts a form of pressure on you that I think is a positive pressure. And if you get in the habit of, as you said, you use the words, honor your word. If you get in the habit of honoring your word, if you get in the habit of when you say you're going to do something, you do it, you feel this internal need to follow through on that, right? It becomes uncomfortable to say something and then not do it. And I think that's a really important part of being a great leader. It's a really important part of building relationships with people because it builds that trust and it builds a feeling of certainty in people around you with the things that you say and the things that you tell them. So that's all very powerful parts of being a great leader. Do you have anything else to share about how you communicated your vision with your people? Yeah. So I truly believe at a core level that tomorrow's leaders are going to need to be excellent promoters. They need to realize that the sum of the parts within their organization equal more than the whole. They don't equal the whole, they equal more than that. And so they first off need to help the individuals within their organization identify their own personal long-term goals. And once there, they need to help them break down those goals in order to help their people create a weekly and daily plan of action. People need to see their big goals broken down into bite-sized pieces because it's too hard to conceptualize and motivate people on something that they view as impossible and far-fetched and abstract. And so when you have it broken down, they can attack each week, they can attack each day with singular focus, and they oftentimes you know, they hit or they surpass even the largest goals. And in the process, they break through their own personal glass ceilings because they achieve something bigger than what they had thought possible for themselves. I think another way that we really communicated vision with our people is through recognition. We publicly recognized and promoted people for doing a great job. I wanted my people to hear from me all the time by praising them every time they did something right and encouraging to keep them to keep up the great work. And so we would post in our group chat and we would gas them up all the time. We'd post on our Instagram and our Facebook and our LinkedIn for all their promotions and their big paychecks. I would be texting them or calling them. And if they hit their promotion or they had a big sale, I would call them and I would like, they'd answer the phone and be like, Hey, Kyle, what's up? And I'd be like, Way to go. Great job. You killed it. You're awesome. And I would audibly cheer for them and it made them feel good. And then the last thing I think about just communicating vision with our team was setting expectations early on that they were going to be part of a winner. I think for me growing up in sports, I realized that every single season, there's only one team that's the winner. There's only one team that's number one. 90% of the kids that play in that league don't know what it's like to be a winner. And on top of that, how many people in society never play sports? And so how many people in society, how many people that I'm working with right now have never actually known what it felt like to be a winner, to feel recognized, to feel like they're part of a championship team and a championship culture. And so I wanted to paint from the get-go, hey, this is different. This isn't sports, but you're going to be part of a winner. and you count, you matter, you are integral to our success, and we're going to shock the nation. We have the opportunity to accomplish something that's incredible, but we can only do it if we have everyone pulling on the rope together. Awesome. Kyle, what are you most excited about for the future? Well, as you know, Dan, uh, I took the next step within Vector. And uh, after my branch summer had ended, I was supposed to close up shop and say goodbye to my little Padawans and, <laughs> and everything in August. And I decided that it wasn't time yet. I decided that I didn't want to let my 
my people leave the nest quite yet. So I kept the nest open and was promoted to being a district manager and took over the San Francisco area as well. So I was able to expand my territory a little bit and also hopefully expand my influence, hopefully be able to make the same impact on even more people. And so I'm really excited moving into the fall, moving into the spring, just moving into the future to see, you know, first off, the people that are currently on my team continue to grow. I think about all the young leaders, many of whom I mentioned, but many of whom I haven't had an opportunity to mention on this call. And seeing them really grow as individuals, seeing them develop their confidence and their skills to just see what's capable for themselves. And in the process, you know, liberate and inspire their peers and inspire others to do the same. And so I'm really encouraged and excited to help them step into their ambitions more because I feel like too often times in society, we've been conditioned as people to be apologetic for our aspirations. And so I'm really excited to help these people, uh, help my representatives step into that greater version of themselves and not be apologetic for it to instead realize that when they do that, they liberate other people and give them permission to do the same. I think the other thing that I'm really excited for this fall is just to continue to grow myself. And, you know, I think that we talk about your circle of influence and being surrounded by people. And I want to make sure that I'm surrounded by people that are constantly pushing me to do better, constantly pushing me to grow, constantly pushing me to reimagine what I think is possible. And, you know, the culture within Vector is so unique. Many, many people that I've spoken to that I've since left Vector and had very successful careers have said there's, there's nothing they've ever done that has paralleled or come close to paralleling the culture that is within Vector, the culture that's comprised or made up of all the different managers that work within Cutco that want to continue to just help growing young people. And so it's such a great atmosphere to be a part of because everybody's focused on constant growth. And it's impossible to not get pulled in the right direction when you're surrounded by so many people that want to get better all the time. So I'm really excited to continue to evolve as a person, to evolve as a leader, to evolve as um, a motivator, and hopefully to use the experiences of you know being a district manager to maybe someday leverage influence at a higher level. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.